Christians who serve are people, are Christians who love Jesus and want to express their love for Jesus. When you love your wife, you buy something for her. And one of the things we express, how to express your love for Jesus, is that though you are a king, you bring yourself to the point where you serve others. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 13, a very soft version. And not everybody that calls himself a Christian is a Christian. And not every church that calls itself a church is a church. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. Not every pastor that calls himself a pastor is a pastor. I said soft version, a very soft version. We have to be very discerning in these times. We, we have to be very discerning in these times that we are in. There are a lot of people who call themselves pastors who are not pastors. And that is why I'm going to show you the characteristics of, if I say pastor, for you, you are a church worker. What you are doing, you are part of the work of the ministry. The pastor does the work of the ministry. The intercessor is doing his part. The choir is doing their part. Everybody has a part. And God is going to judge us according to what he has allotted to us to do. God is not going to judge me by the way I can sing. But he didn't call me to sing. So if you are called to sing, you have to concentrate and do it well. God will judge me by many parameters. To him much is given, much will be required. So now, Paul was speaking to Timothy and he began to describe to Timothy what a great servant of God is. God has called you and I to be servants of God, not to be bosses. In church, we don't do bosses. In church, we, we, we serve each other. You are great, I am great, I'm serving you. That is the mark of humility. So Paul began to speak to, you see, the too many corrupt pastors are in town and the church does not care. So far as they can go get their miracle and breakthrough, they are okay. But Paul was very particular in who you call a servant. So as a child of God and as a church worker, I want you to, Look at what Paul is going to say. He said, this is a trustworthy saying. If anyone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. People should not have anything to say about you. So as a great church worker, so as I use the word elder, you put your, it's a church worker. You must be above reproach. If you're a wife, if you're a husband, if you're a worker at any company, whatever, you must 
people must not have much evil to say about you. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. He must exercise self-control. He must live wisely. You must live wisely and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home. You must be friendly. That's what it means. A church worker must be friendly. You shouldn't come to church angry. You shouldn't come to church provoked. You shouldn't come to church and you are furious. He must enjoy having guests in his home and he must be able to teach. So the church worker that is great must be able to also teach. Not just carrying chair, not just, you must be able to teach others that join the department. That's not what I'm even talking about. I'm just reading to verse 13. He must not be a heavy drinker and be violent. He must not be a drunkard. You cannot be drinking. <laughs> As a church worker, you must not be seen drinking. You must not be drinking alcohol of any form. Because you are, you are, being, you are held in high esteem. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. Verse 5. For if a man cannot manage his own house, household, how can he take care of God's church? An elder must not be a, must not be a, a new believer. That is why we don't put people who are new in Christianity in high positions. He's a novice. He cannot manage it well. He'll be screaming on everyone. He'll be insulting people. He'll be, he'll be saying his mind. <laughs> when you are mature, so we are, we are actually talking about a, a church worker who is maturing. When you are maturing, you, tol- you, tol- you tolerate a lot of nonsense. When you are not maturing, you don't tolerate nonsense. And for a church worker, you must tolerate nonsense. You are like a customer service personnel. Have you been at a customer service personnel position before that customers call or they ask you to call customers? The way they can insult you. They will talk to you anyhow and you'll be wondering that is it you? Yes. Because that is a role you are playing you are helping the person, but the person will be harming you. That is a church worker. If you say you're a church worker, it's not like the corporate. It's not like the corporate. It's like you, you have sold yourself to the work of God. You have lost yourself. You become a nobody in the hands of God. God, use me anyway, anyhow, anytime you want to use me. So he must not be a new baby because he might become proud. I mean, you shouldn't be proud when God is using you to do something that is important. You shouldn't become proud. You shouldn't, not, no one of us, none of us has actually done anything. It is Christ that did everything 
That is why we see the opportunity to do what we are doing. If Christ did not do all things, who are we? What will we be doing? So if you see the magnificent sacrifice, a sacrifice that is still speaking over 2,000 years ago, a sacrifice that is still going to save more people, a precious sacrifice, so valuable, you see. So when you see that sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, the quality, the quality of a substance talks about the duration it can withstand. Hello, the more quality something is, the more it can withstand years. For the blood of Jesus to still be potent and saving human beings from generation to generation, it shows you the magnificent sacrifice. The price of the blood is unquantifiable. When human blood comes out of the body of a human being, it begins to spoil. When your blood comes out, it begins to spoil. And it smells. That is one of the reasons why decomposed body smells. Blood. When, when you see a spot blood, it's so stinking. But this blood has been spewed for us. And it's still saving. It's still alive. It's still speaking. So the privilege to be a church worker must not be taken for granted. But if you put a novice there, it's going to be very proud because serving gives delegated authority that you, Ima, you are handling the youth. If you don't take it, you, be, you, you, you feel very powerful because all the youth to come, Uncle Ima, Uncle Ima, and they'll be growing You'll be growing, if you don't take care, you will think that you have some authority. But the way the work of God is, we came to do some. We didn't come and we didn't come to do all the work. It's too big. That's why you pass here, there's a church. You pass here, there's a church. You pass here, there's a church. Everybody is doing what he can do because the work of God is big. And you see a church, when the pastor dies, God will put another pastor there. You see a choir, when one, one choir leaves, you see that one choir is there, the choir will be going on. God has a, the work is so big that he keeps calling people to come in. But placing people who are not mature will make them very proud. And they start causing problems. And the, de- and the devil will cause him to fall. Verse 7. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him. That is a very great point. People outside the church must speak well of us, of you as a church worker. These are the things that you should see in a church worker, a great church worker, somebody who who is valuable, somebody who is critical, this is how church works. Now, when you see how these young pastors have raised some pastors around them, you see the church workers, is it, is it a gangster church? Is it, it, they must read this. <laughs> we are not reading the Bible well. So anybody, they say, oh, you, you're a pastor. Go ahead and preach. Take that. You just preach. No. 
Before an elder is chosen in the church, you must have a good report outside. So you can be in a church for a long time, be close to a position, but never become because your report outside is not good. We are not, we are not judging you, but for you to be put in the position, people outside the church must speak well of you. So that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. So it is even for your own good that you are not exalted. Church work is not mebahache. Church work is prepared vessels. Vessels that are prepared. Vessels that are available. Vessels that are ready. Vessels that are desired. Vessels that are compassion, uh, compassionate. Vessels that have zeal. Vessels that want to do the work. So church work is not, I came first, we have been around Caris Temple for a long time, but nowadays when new people come and then pastor will push them, we are going to push people into the work. We are pushing. This don't cry, I'll push some people somewhere. Because the church does not ride on one person. If the church will grow, we must have more vessels working for the Lord. And some people are doing three things, four things. But as the church, if the church must grow, we must begin to decouple people. So that if you are doing three things, you start doing one, another person will take one, another person will take one. What are we doing? We are injecting more energy, more power, more skills. More skills. More skills. And this is why we do these teachings. You see that when you come in the morning, you hear these teachings. When the service is going on, you give up your best. Because one day, these things are going to be used to recommend us for blessings. In heaven, they recommend people for blessings. There are some blessings that you have to be recommended. Oh, God is testing all of us. And this is the most difficult part of the test. When nothing around you is beautiful, when everything around you is difficult, when everything around you is confusing. Today I saw a clip where a man just electrocuted himself. He was tired of life. Climbed the pool. High tension. And went dancing on the wires. Who dance, 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 dance. And he waved and he held one of them. He died. When things are difficult, God just stands there is watching what we will do. So Carrie's temple, every church comes to this face. Any church that God is involved in. As for those other churches, within three years, you see that they are splashy, they are full, this, that, that. Don't be moved. The Bible says, if you see the ungodly flourish or prosper, that means that the ungodly can flourish Big time. And when you are in the process, if you want to see a true church, see how this church is growing and going. That is how church grows. Are you here? In the same way, deacons must be well respected and have integrity. Yes. 
you must have respect. Like, you must be somebody that commands respect, not demand respect. So you see, all the things he's mentioned, he has not mentioned that the person should be able to pray well, the person should be able, the person should be very anointed. Mm. He's basing qualification on lifestyle and character. So the secret to kingdom promotion in the New Testament church is not just the anointing, but it's on lifestyle and character. Kingdom promotion is on lifestyle and character. So when you pray, God, promote me this year. God, promote me this year. You have to key in your lifestyle and your character into your prayer. Yes. That is the secret. That's why you can pray for promotion. It's not coming. God's way. Not just any way. You can be promoted anyway. But God's promotion, God's promotion relies on lifestyle and character. You must have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. This is not what I want to even share. I was just reading. I have what I have to share. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith. Now reviewed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. So, you have to pass the test, even with the church. You must be reliable. You must be loyal. You must be dependable. You must, you must not be someone who pulls a prize. I can't put you here to come and preach when you are preaching contrary to what I believe in. So I will closely monitor how you think. What you think. I can't put you as head of department when you are sleeping with girls in the church. No. You sleep with all the girls in the church. You turn the church into a court. When you go to the courtic churches, everybody is, one of the signs that the church is a court is that everybody is sleeping with everybody and everybody is enjoying and everybody is sleeping and nobody is talking about anything. A person, is said, go to the other verse, verse 10. Before they are, he said, they must pass the test. They must pass the test. You must pass the test of loyalty, of commitment, of diligence. Because God is watching all of us. Promotions are all over the kingdom. But I repeat that the basis for God's promotion in the kingdom is not the anointing. It's lifestyle and character. Check the Bible. Check every single person that was promoted. It's not the anointing. David was anointed, but it was not the anointing that made him to be promoted. It was because of the character he has exhibited over the years that God knew. 
Talk about Noah. Talk about Moses. Talk about Abraham. So the secret to promotion in the kingdom, you see what Paul is listening. He didn't mention the person should be able to fast, the person should be able to pray, the person should be able to do. No, 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 no. He's talking about the person commanding respect. And may this house be full of church workers who command respect. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing for your life to command respect. You don't demand it. African leaders demand respect, but your lifestyle and character will provoke respect. So, verse 11. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. Yes. So, I'm not talking about that, so let me just rush and go back to the point. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. You must, re- you must exercise self-control. If you don't exercise self-control, you want to do everything. You must exercise self-control. Today, I was standing outside with Ima, and I was talking to him, telling him some of the things that we do in ministry, what, how you should do it, and blah, 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 and the things we are going to do. And then he was just standing there. He was just, he said, these, these things, are, they were a lot. But you must have self-control. So that you take it one day at a time. That is when you build strength. You cannot do everything at a time. And self-control is not just self-control from sinning or whatever. Self-control in what you execute. You must have self-control. And you must be faithful in everything you are doing. Faithful. Doing the same thing. For the same reason, at different levels of cost every time. Because what you are doing now is costing you something. And what you are doing now, if you have to do it again tomorrow, it will cost you something more. So faithfulness is that doing the same thing for the same reason. I'll mention them and I'll end my teaching. The five marks of a servant leader or a great church worker. Doing the same thing at a different cost. We used to do church when there was no COVID. Now COVID came, they pushed all of us in our rooms. We were doing the same thing at a different cost, online, extra. You have to buy data. Then when we resume, you have to come with no masks. The same thing at a different cost. The same way you may be serving God, before you got married. When you get married, you take up another job, a wife or a husband, but you have to do the same thing at a different cost, putting all together and still serving God. That is the faithfulness. That's not even what I'm talking about. A deacon must be faithful to his wife. His wife, not his girlfriend. Not his boyfriend, his wife. His wife. So you cannot be cohabiting. Can't. That is the Christian work. If you want to be a Christian, you must listen to what the Bible is saying and do it. It must be different. It, 
we must be different. They will criticize you, but you must be different. Are you here? And he must manage his children and household well. Verse 13. The last verse. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded. As church workers, they will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ. Five marks of a great church worker. I mentioned them when we enter into service. Number one. That church worker seeks the glory of his master. He is interested in the glory of his master, not himself. John chapter 7 verse 18. John chapter 7 verse 18. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. So what you are doing, if you are a great church worker, you will do it just because you want God's glory to be revealed and not you. And not you to be seen. When it comes to the work of God, it's not ambition. Because we have no ambition in the work of God. The ambition in the work of God is the glorification of Christ Jesus. So, if you are a great church worker that we can rely on, all you are doing is that the glory of Christ will be seen and not you. Anything that you will do that will bring you glory you have become a Luciferian worker. Because that is the work of Lucifer. When the glory was going to Christ or God, he fought it. If you're a great church worker, you must always have in your mind that what I am doing is for the glory of Christ. Number two. So in that vein, the the church worker who is to be praised must be a born servant of Christ. Take yourself from the picture. Take yourself from the picture and put yourself in obedience to what will bring glory to Christ in that department. If you are given a role to play, be diligent, be honest, be committed. Don't ride on the road to do other things. That is not a bond servant. When you talk about a bond servant, the word bond servant, the person is bonded to what he has been assigned to. That is the Christian that, you see, we have lost plenty Christians. We have lost plenty Christians. We have, and God, God will use some of us to bring some Christians back to where they used to be. You have to be a bonded Christian. The last time I was talking to a lady at work and she's doing service, I said, so when are you married? He said, all the men are not correct. And I said, the men too say, all the girls are not correct. So what are we going to do? Then she said, ah, but we are all Christians too. 
I said, yes. We are a product of what our churches have taught us. Because sometimes the members put pressure on the pastor. A lot of pastors have stopped preaching honestly. They are preaching to make the people happy and to incorporate all kinds of happiness. So the messages, this type of message, a lot of pastors have stopped because it's offensive. Doesn't make you smile, it doesn't make you clap, it keeps you thinking, it wants you to stretch, stretch, stretch. But now the strategy to big mega churches is that make the people happy, 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 self-achieving. Even Hindus teach like that. I have a lot of clips on motivational speaking. Islam, there are people who speak how to who doesn't want to hear how to he should achieve. We can preach the same thing using scripture. And that is what the church must stand for. Preaching what to do based on God's principles. Finish. Singing based on God's principles. And that is a very hard way to go. That's why the the road is very narrow. It's not big. So a great church worker, you must seek the glory of the Father. If you are seeking the glory of the Father, you cannot be fighting in the department. Why is it that I'm not the one doing this? Why is it that I'm here before? No, no, no. If you are seeking the glory of the Father, you will give up your best in that department. Number two, that person is very sacrificial. He seeks the highest joy of those he is serving. Three minutes, I'll end and time. We are following the program schedule. I don't want us to be in church after 10.30 again because we are preparing for our double services to resume. You must seek the happiness of others, not yourself. I'm a train. That great church worker will forgo his rights and her rights rather than to bring disgrace on the department. That is our mindset. Your identity and your trust is not in your calling. No, it's in Christ. Your identity what gives you relevance must not be in the gift. It must be in the giver. And when we put our confidence and identity in what we do, that is what motivational speakers will tell you. I use that word because what you are reading, I've read. But when you read that and you read what Christ is teaching, you will see a lot of contradictions. When you put your identity in what you do for the Lord, you will end up in competition. But when you put your identity in Christ, you become a vessel for him. Whatever he wants you to do, he will give you the grace to do it. So get the difference. So uh, when we stop playing instruments, some of the Sundays when we come, the instrumentalists are not there. Because when you put your confidence in your calling and you have no platform to perform, you will forget your relationship with the caller. 
Do you understand it now? Yes. But your calling, your, your calling must be a subject in your relationship with God. Because you have a relationship with God, that's why you pay attention to your calling. Because you want to give God glory, that's why you pay attention to the calling. Because you want to magnify Christ, that's why you pay attention to your glory, your, your calling. So if there is no calling for you, and God calls you to pay attention to somebody's calling, because some people are called to pay attention to other people's calling, so that the glory of the Lord will be complete, so be it. And sometimes God can let you sit down and say, don't preach. You can't sing. You can't do this. Today, don't do this. And his work will still continue. God retired JD. She went to be with the Lord two years ago. She's there. She's fine. She's done what she's supposed to do. Did the work stop? No. It will continue. Let's have the mind that what we are doing for God is not because we want relevance. It's because we want Christ to be relevant in our generation. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap. And please close your eyes and put your hands on your heart, right hand on your heart. Father, we pray for the mind and the heart of servanthood. Though you have made us kings and priests and sons and daughters and judges and rulers and men who and women to take dominion, we make ourselves servants for your glory that we would decrease for you to increase in this house and in our lives and in our generations. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering.